Hi, this is Karen Kelly, and you're listening to An Appetite for Life. There's a great mix on this show with various topics, amazing guests, and the occasional celebrity guest. So I have a fabulous guest today. I'd like to welcome Carol Salmon. She works for Mid Cheshire Hospitals Charity. She's been fundraising for over 15 years, developing high profitable fundraising campaigns and also known as the personal fundraising toolkit. So welcome, Carol. Oh, thank you. Thanks for inviting me. Oh, it's lovely to see you. So we met for coffee, didn't we? How long ago was that? It seems forever ago. It was in, in Crew Market a good few months ago. And when they got your email saying it's next week, I'm like, gosh, that's come around quick. Well, no, I've been know. really looking forward to talking to you. I thought it was before Christmas. So was it after Christmas? Then, I think it was after, just after oh. Christmas, I think it was, yes. Wow. So you are the queen of <laughs> fundraising. You know very well in the Cheshire area. So tell us about your role and what it involves. Oh, thank you. Yes, um, I'm very proud to work for Mid Cheshire Hospitals Charity. It's my local, my local hospital, which is part of Mid Cheshire Hospitals Foundation Trust. So that's Leighton Hospital and Crew, where we're based. Um, also part of the trust is Victoria Infirmary in Northwich, which is at Manor Injuries. And then we've got Elmhurst in Winsford, which is a rehab unit. So um, we are the charity for the trust and we manage the donations, um, all the applications to spend that comes in for the funds that we have. Um, so I was going to talk through a typical day. I think that sort of encapsulates what I can be doing on a, on a, on a daily basis. So yeah, on, it, must, it must involve obviously a team of people and whether you're working from home now and not so much face to face. So, yeah, talk us through the kind your, your daily activities and the process from start to finish and what it involves yeah so um we're, there's there's three of us in the team so uh, i'm the full-time community fundraiser and then my manager is the charity manager she works four days and then we've got an, an administrator who does two days um but on a typical day um like yesterday um i went out to a business who's just signed up to support us and did a chat presentation so that was kicking off their fundraising um and then later on i was talking to a family about an in-memory donation so um, we get contacted by a lot of families that want to do in-memory donations in lieu of flowers and um, so talking them through that process um, and then talking to a member of staff who wants to do a race night I've not been to one of those for a long time but um, was able to sit down with them and come up with ideas for venues and and, and how the, the night will go um, and then setting up an online page for someone again um, you know people who haven't done one before might think where do you start so it's lovely to be able to guide them through that process so then and I got a lovely message this morning. I've done it. I've set it up and I've got a donation on there already. So really a cross section of things that I can support people with. Oh, right. So you're not just raising money for the Mid Cheshire Hospitals charity. You're helping other individuals as well. Because, of course, you are the personal fundraising toolkit. What is in your toolkit to help others? What advice do you give them? Yes, I, lo I love talking about the toolkit. There's all sorts of things <laughs> in the toolkit. Um, at the moment, um, we've got a raffle in there. So a raffle is something that we found everybody loves, especially the staff at the hospital. So um, and, and we've been able to sell tickets online. Um, so, yeah, and it's bit, my my background's hospitality and events. So we're able to sit down with people and talk them through how they can set up an event. And even in the during the pandemic, a virtual events, you know, we were able to do some of those. Um, so it's all those different things that I've got in the toolkit um, knowledge and expertise that I can really 
promote people and um, you know all the different social media channels have been amazing to get the word out and I, I know we're going to talk a lot today about communication for me during fun, any fundraising communication is key yeah. um, so you don't want they don't want your fundraising to be the best kept secret you need to share that and you'll find as soon as people know the story behind what you're fundraising for they'll be you know, they'll they'll want to talk about it and tell other people and that and that's what you want that's that's the that's the the gold the gold dust the gold, that, we, the that we that yeah. we that's it i mean i've done quite a few um charity runs and things like that only on a low you know low key low level and i've raised the maximum i've raised about 500 pounds i was very proud to raise that with a friend fantastic but it's really difficult isn't it to ask people for money and to put yourself out there because i would promote it on social media that's just one i'm a tiny little um you know needle in the haystack as such and there's lots of fundraising going on. So what would you say to people? You know, like you say, use social media, but what other, other tips can you give to people? I'd use, I'd use um, a gentleman that a lot of people know about now, and I still get asked um, about about the, the, him, um, Captain Tom. Sir Tom, oh, unfortunately, yes. no, oh, longer, Tom. No, no longer with us. But you imagine his daughter and him sat at a table, yeah. and they were like, let's do this, 100 laps around the garden, celebrate my 100th. How much do you think we'll raise? And they thought they would raise a £1,000. So, and, and look how much, yes, yes, it was millions, but, you know, one of the best training I went on, one of the guys, said there's an unlimited amount of money in the world you've just got to ask for it so for anybody who feels a bit nervous oh I've always I can't ask my family again just ask them just ask them they, yeah. they will help you and they'll tell other people and those other people will help will help you yeah. so it's it's the story for me it's sharing that story that story of him doing that was so powerful it went global didn't it so uh, well, but it's also final figure what was his final uh, figure in the end, uh, uh, was ridiculous, yeah I it? think it was so many million wasn't it oh, uh, uh, well I want to say maybe 35 million was it maybe wow. I mean and we have been able to access some of that money because we are part of NHS charities together but we have to apply to you know to get a part of that money which we have done we've been able to you know that's been able to help lots of in lots of ways um but really it's the story and the sharing what you're doing and keep keep going at it we've, we've got a, a lady that's just going to go over to Everest Base Camp and trek there that's one of our uh, emergency team that are going over there and even she came in and said everything that's going on with with what's going on in the world at the moment I don't really want to ask people I said just ask them just yeah. just put it you out there they know can't they I guess yeah, and, and I get that feeling. It's like and, really difficult, isn't it, to ask the same people? Because I do one in December every year. I have done previously. And I think, oh, God, it's soon come round again. I'm asking the same people again. And other people are doing different fundraising. But you've just got to ask. Yeah, that's it. Because it's personal to you. Uh, and, and re-emphasise what you're raising the money for and how it's going to help people. That is key. Um, and that's where the success is. So how does it work within the uh, Mid Cheshire Hospitals charity then? Do you have maybe an item a piece of equipment that they need and then you'll fundraise for that are you you know how does it work yes yeah, so we we we're led by a board of trustees so they're the trustees for for the for the trust as well so they have to wear two hats really um, but it's, it's very much about looking at all the different areas within the trust and, and aligning with we're aligning with their values and our values and seeing how we can maximize and support local people anything that we 
that, that we're able to fund is over and above the standard provision. Um, so they can't come, departments can't come in and say, you know, out, the outside entrance looks a bit tatty. Can we get charity funding from that? It's got to be something that's going to enhance the patient care within the trust. Um, so normally the high value items go to the trust trustees and then decisions are made from there. Um, so, um, so yeah, it's quite a lengthy process, but obviously we've got to make sure that everything is in place, ready to, to launch that appeal and, and get everyone behind it. And what's your proudest fundraising achievement so far? Is there a favourite charity story? I, I think but I'm going into my fifth year now with, with the, where I am now and, and and over the years it's each one is it's like it's like picking a favorite child I couldn't say which one's my favorite <laughs> because they, they've each got their own personality but the the dementia appeal which was in place when I joined that that's that was helping people living with dementia and to provide a bit of equipment where you could play music to someone that was that was feeling a bit agitated and you could say what's your favorite music and they, they could say well I really like Elvis and this equipment would play and that and Elvis would come on and you could see that person relaxing back and feeling calmer so it, it's things like that when you see that anything I've been able to support people to raise money for that then that that's it's it's that re, that reward that you get at the end the end of that um, and then the lost little ones appeal um, again for a, a, a different sector of, of the community helping families who experience baby loss um, you know that that was that went on during the pandemic so to be able to still be able to fundraise and and, and get that money in was amazing and, that, and, and now, you raised for that was it over two hundred and fifty thousand pounds even during the pandemic that's incredible yes so there was um, uh, so that it's because the, the story went out and you've got lots of families that have, have, have been in that situation and, and recognize the value of how, how that's going to help other families you know uh, one family trekked up Snowden and they raised thousands of pounds and share in the story and um, you know and I get to meet these people and support them in what they're doing so it, it really is really rewarding uh, and then the most recent one was the children's emergency care appeal which which I'm nicknaming our fundraising baby because that happened in nine months we raised the money in nine months for that with lots of different ways um, so that that started last Easter and then it was completed with the Christmas fundraising and now children are benefiting from that equipment that's in place in the new uh, paediatric unit so yeah it's it's fantastic and how long can it take I mean that was nine months wasn't it but the everybody knows somebody uh, that was in 2018 I think wasn't it how long can it take for you to reach your goal because that was also 250 thousand as well wasn't it yeah it, from start to finish yeah as I say I mean historically they've always been the MRI scanner I don't know if you can remember that I know with you living locally they've always been sort of million pound plus projects but we've sort of said we need smaller projects now so we can cover you know more areas within the trust um so yeah the bigger projects were taking 18 months up to two years so to be able to do the smaller ones now where we can do something in nine months and now we're we're, we're working with cancer services at the moment and hopefully that's that's twenty five thousand. so that'll be hopefully a really quick turnaround and the, the money's coming in already for that so um just depends on on the, the like say how big the project is but in my experience once you get everybody involved before you know it you hit your target and that and that's crossing the finish line and holding your arms up in the air and and celebrating we love celebrating and saying thank you is a really important part of what we do as well because I, it, 
we find people are saying what are you doing next what are you doing next you know because they they love the buzz of the of that feel good factor of helping with something it must be like you say it must be so rewarding so how did you find it um during the pandemic especially when you're fundraising uh lost little ones wasn't it during the um pandemic how how did that work for you because obviously it was all new to us all online you couldn't get out and knock on people's doors how you know how can you compare and how did you manage to still raise all that much money? Yeah, as I, as I say, it's um, looking back on it now, when you think, obviously, we've just crossed the two-year mark, haven't we? And you look back and you think, wow, it was such a, you know, a, a big change. But it, it was a little bit frustrating in the end because everywhere I went, people were sort of putting their head on one side. It must be really hard to fundraise at the moment. But again, with the story that we had and, and what we needed to fundraise for, it was that communication. So online networking groups were my savior you know yeah. that kept me connected with the business community um, I did a really lovely webinar with a lady and raised some money doing that getting people to sign up so um, we did our freedom miles so that was saying to people you know get out there and, and do things in your own time on your own steam but we'll give you a t-shirt your sponsor forms help you publicize it so it's really looking at what I tried to focus on what I could do not what I couldn't do Um, and I read a lot lots of books on positivity um, because I was having to deal especially with the memory side of things when you're dealing with families that some of them haven't been able to say you know goodbye to their loved ones it was so I made that conscious decision of of you know staying positive and thinking right what I do can help patients and and staff within the trust so um that really helped me that positivity side of things I was introduced to lots of different authors that I've been able to to you know read their books and that kept me me positive and you know staying online and online networking that was invaluable because you it's, it's that support network that you need definitely and I think you're becoming one of those faces now, Carol, that people just can't say no or can't say no to Carol. Oh, <laughs> just give it, give it to her. Just give it to her. <laughs> oh, I said that this morning. I went to, a, I was saying I went to a face-to-face networking group this morning and I said, I occasionally someone will lean in and go, you, you're at everything. And I'm like, well, as much as I want to say, I want to apologise. I'm not going to apologise because we need our charity to be you know at front of mind with people in the local community to know that we are there and you can come along and and, and get in, get involved and do fun things you know I don't know about you I like having a laugh and having some fun and of you course. know so we do a lot of fun things that people can get involved with and if that then goes on to help people in the local community then you know that's it's a win-win for me brilliant we're just going to take a short break Carol to give a shout out to our sponsors and we'll be back in a few minutes time thank you Let me introduce our sponsor, Everything Genetic Limited, specialists in preventative healthcare testing, helping people to identify to see if they are at risk of developing common hereditary cancers and heart conditions. Based in Nantwich, Cheshire, they partner with some of the UK's market-leading laboratories, supplying revolutionary genetic tests to healthcare providers and patients for the detection, diagnosis and treatment planning of cancer, heart disease and other illnesses. One of their main aims is to democratise genetic testing, meaning everyone can take control of their own well-being and healthcare to detect any problems at an early stage when they are most treatable. 
They also offer a COVID testing service, which is on the government list, initially launched to support clinical partners who were unable to get patients in during the pandemic. This service enables patients to come back into clinics to resume all important cancer testing and is available through over 200 partner companies. They offer a comprehensive range of coronavirus COVID-19 test kits and services for individuals, healthcare providers and employers. For more information, visit their website, everythinggeneticlimited.co.uk. Carol, welcome back. We're talking about your fabulous fundraising. I wanted to talk about what types of equipment you've managed to fund across the uh, Cheshire area. Yes, well, the the one that I mentioned, which, which was before I joined the, the 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 charity, but again, living locally, and they knew a lot about it and got involved with fundraising for it where I was working at the time. So the the MRI scanner. So yeah, I've um, been in that one. It's very noisy, isn't it? It is. Yes, it's bizarre, <laughs> Why is it isn't it? Noisy. <laughs> it's it's just unique to that that bit of equipment, I think. Yeah. But um, you know, having another one of those, which was which went on to be bought, has been able to see more people. So a quicker diagnosis. Um, and and again you know the impact of that is is knock on knock on for lots of different ways within the trust and what um, what sort of price are these types of equipment how much is an mri scanner i think you, you you're you're looking into the millions there so wow. i think that 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 appeal was a couple of millions so it was you know it, that took at least two years if not longer um so when i did join the trust it was in the midst of the dementia appeal so that was um, a dementia garden and the the music equipment that um that was talking about before so uh, things like that um so for people living with um, dementia and other cognitive impairments within the trust so yeah. um it was amazing to see those go in and they've been able to to roll out in lots of different areas in the trust so and uh, when uh, on the elderly care ward someone was saying oh there was a gentleman that had been in for a while and just said you know what i'd love to watch a film i'd love to watch an old western film and, and and they've got those on there you could watch a film so again you know the impact on on someone that's been in hospital a long time really wants to you know feel like like he sat in his own home and yeah. was able to, to play a Western and, and, and sit that. And again, the impact of that is amazing. Oh, that's just beautiful, isn't it? You also fund specialist training for staff. What sort of training do you fund with your charity? Yeah, so like going back to the MRI scanner again, because those um, the, there's lots of different um, thing, uh, things to do with that that staff need additional training for so again that sort of comes part and parcel but the most recent one is um, like say with cancer services because you've got these fantastic people that are quali qualified counsellors that volunteer their time yeah. um, but they have to have you know a, a super they call it a supervision um, on a 12 monthly basis so we're able to fund that so they can they can carry on and, and see patients um, so it's that type of training as well that they'd have to pay for themselves, but we're, we're able to fund that. And how about new facilities as well? Can you remember new facilities that kind of really touched home with you? Yes, say well. The um, I, I remember part of the dementia appeal. The um, the visitors area on connected to one of the wards. They were able to to buy additional things in there. That um, it was it was it was all like the retro, the record player, and um, and and additional things in there. So again, someone living with dementia, it's all about familiarity. Fam yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> hard word to say. Familiarity. Yes, I can't even say it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, so they were able to go and sit in there 
there again put on some old records and again re, re, it's that reminiscence and all the different touch points that they could utilize in that in that area so it was lovely to see that all come come to fruition um an old-fashioned fireplace and they could even do the the scent so obviously you haven't got a lit fire in the in in there on the on the ward but you've got that that smell so again i'm, I'm, a, I'm a big believer in, in in hearing hearing music or a smell that takes you back to a certain place in your life and again that's all very relaxing for someone that's dealing with them um, you know living with something like dementia so what campaigns are you currently working on what uh, fundraising you're doing at the moment so the one that's going at the moment is connected with the cancer services fund and um, so it's not an, an appeal as such but it's amount an amount of money that that they need for for these over and above things that they'd, they'd like to provide for patients um, so um, so it's things like hypnotherapy so there's um, there's about 200 patients living with a, a cancer diagnosis every year that are able to access a hypnotherapist um, so sometimes someone could be needle phobic um, and, and again generally dealing with those um, anxious times during a cancer diagnosis so they're able to see the hypnotherapist and what one lady said you know the techniques that he gave her has really helped in a, a really scary time in her life so it's it's that that's about £20,000 a year and then the, the other things are we have some volunteers that do counselling um, again for, for the patients so they have to do um, certain things during the year for, for the, the in that qualified um, role um, so it's the additional training which they'd have to pay for themselves so the charity is able to fund that so obviously they can see pe people um, people with a cancer diagnosis so it's about 25 grand and that's what we're working on at the moment but we're all nearly um, about 10,000 into that now so that that's really exciting. Wow I mean that's a really big deal isn't it if you've got a phobia of needles and you've got to have chemotherapy or you know this treatment that's you know, you're constantly having the needles in your arms and things. That must be an added real trauma, mustn't it? Yeah, definitely. The same. The fact that 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 service can see about 200 patients in a year. So, but that that wouldn't be there if, unless the charity funded it. So, um, it, it, you know, been sharing all the stories to do with that. The other things that have been um, provided by the charity for that area. Uh, before has been like the, the recliner chairs so oh, yeah. people that are having um, chemotherapy in, on the unit um, so and again one lady said you know to be able to sit back in a recliner chair because her, her ankles tend to swell she said so be able to sit back in one of those has, has, has been fantastic um, and the other things are like the scalp coolers so hopefully preventing hair loss so those are the types of things we've been able to provide as well so it's really a range of things those it additional really those yeah, additional it, items that it really is you, people probably don't realize when when people go for their treatment you say they've got to be comfortable and all these side effects that they're going to suffer from the fact that you can help with those small little things for those people can make a massive impact can't it absolutely definitely so carol prior to you working with mid cheshire hospitals you were events you were working with events management Yes, yeah, I really enjoyed that. So um, went went from doing um, studying, went into a graduate scheme with a hotel chain, and it's there. I remember sitting for in my interview and glancing across at a lady with a clipboard, and she was running through an event with someone, and I think it was an anniversary party, <laughs> and, and she was. I could see this couple grinning and thinking, "Oh, they're going to have a lovely party." And I thought, "I want to do that job." Yeah. And um, so that's what I went into doing. And um, so I say now, my mantra is: if I can look after brides and brides' mothers, I can do anything. Yeah. You can do anything yeah <laughs> no the yeah. the job i do now is is 
is the best job I've had in all my career. But second to that, being a wedding planner, I loved it. Again, it's that satisfaction of spending all that time with someone and then standing there with a glass of champagne when they come out of their ceremony. Yeah, yeah very, very rewarding, very rewarding, but stressful at the same time. Oh, I can imagine. I can imagine. <laughs> I can imagine. So for our listeners then today, how can we support you? And where can we buy the Easter raffle tickets? Because you've got some more raffles going on, haven't you? Tell us about the raffles. Definitely. So, yeah, we we always have we always do a couple of raffles a year. And again, being in, in this role uh, quite some time now, I've developed some amazing contacts. And and when I ring them up and say, could we have a prize? Sure. No problem. So, yeah, the Easter raffle, we've got overnight stays in a cottage, a two or three night stay in a cottage. We've got a case of Prosecco. Um, we've got a Samsung tablet. So and lots of Easter hampers. So um, and that's all two pound a ticket. And that is for the Cancer Services Fund. Um, so there's a link on our website, which is mchcharity.org, um, and you just go on the raffle um, and you can buy your tickets online. And the two pound. Well, I'll put that out as well in a second. I'll put that out with the post as well, because this show goes out this week on Friday. Wonderful. So again, for our listeners, how can we get in touch with you with any questions? If people are thinking. I need this personal toolkit. I need her help. How can they get in touch? Yeah, well, they, they can get in contact with us on our Facebook page. Um, so it's uh, MCH Charity on, on Facebook and on Twitter. So just message us on there and I can I can get in contact with you on there. But the, we, we, we're just waiting for these really lovely postcards to come out with, with a little message on. So I was going to share that with you today. Um, so what, what we're saying is fundraising with us is real easy. So the, the real stands for R is for we register all our fundraisers so we, we get you to fill out a form so we've got all your details of what you're doing and then we can help you promote it uh, the E is we can share our expertise so we've been doing this a long time now and we know what works it, it isn't um, people ask me for a golden formula there isn't but there's lots of key things you can do to help you uh, get your target and, and exceed it um, and the a is for authorization so we always give you an authorization letter so if someone if you go to someone for a prize or you want them to help you you can show them a letter that confirms that you're fundraising again it just makes it very official and um, you know great to be able to do that um, and the l is that we do we've got lots of things that we can give you t-shirts sponsor forms um, again expertise on on sharing and uh, on the digital side of things um, so we, we really want to help as many people as we can to raise money and say thank you to their local hospital oh brilliant oh it's been so lovely talking to you today really interesting as well how we can you know help raise money and I wish you all the best for the future and all the best in your Easter raffle. Oh, thanks. It's been lovely to be here today. Thanks, Karen. You've been listening to my podcast, Appetite for Life, also supported by sponsor Dane Bank House Dental Practice, where happiness starts with a smile. Would you like to be a guest on this show? Or maybe you're interested in a sponsorship package. For any further information, you can find me across various social media platforms as Karen Kelly Podcasts or send me an email. Karen Ender Kelly at btinternet.com.